Hey guys, Montier, and you're listening to The Spin Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 11.7 FM. I'm here with my co-host Jane O'Connor. Hey everyone. And today we're going to be reviewing the new Deer Hunter album, Why Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared, and talking about the latest in music news, but first, here's Never Meant by American Football. Of course, the reason why I bring up American Football is American Football has a new record coming out and they've released a single for it and it's called Silhouettes. It's featuring Haley Williams. Now, American Football, of course, has named all of their albums American Football. They are the defining Midwest emo band. Such a fantastic band. They came back with a haphazard, I guess, comeback album a few years ago and it was not very good at all. But this new one is showing a lot of promise. It's really mixing sounds of dream pop together with Midwest emo. It's something new. It's something different for a genre which has remained stagnant for so long. Mm, it's a and genre I'd never even heard of yeah, until today. I, I mean, just broadly speaking, it's emo. But Midwest emo has a bit of a more artistic aspect to it, I like to think. Does it come from the Midwest? No, it doesn't. Actually, my favorite Midwest emo band, Mineral, is from Austin, Texas. And there are Midwest emo bands based out of Great Britain. It's a very interesting Fun. concept that really doesn't have to do with geography, although it's named after general geography. But anyways, getting into music news and what came out today, post-rock act Mono released Nowhere Here Now, their first album since 2016's Requiem for Hell. I haven't listened to it yet, but I plan on doing so tonight. It's an hour long, so it'll be a trip. They're a fantastic band. In the early 2000s, they were releasing some of the best and most interesting post-rock around in the third wave next to Godspeed You Black Emperor and other acts. Sounds fun. Yeah. Weezer released the Teal album, which is a collection of covers, I believe, last Wednesday. Yeah, it had, like, Take On Me and a bunch of other, like... Yeah, it wasn't good. You know... (laughs) Take On Me, their cover of Take On Me was kind of fun. I've got to be real with all of you guys. I'm not a huge Weezer fan. Blue album was great, Pinkerton was great, but the fact that people are still getting hyped over this band... Years after their height and critical acclaim, it is well, mind-boggling. Like a dad to me. band now. Yes, they're dad rock now. Weezer is a dad rock band now, and the cover, they're almost fifty years old. Rivers Cuomo is almost fifty years old if he isn't already, because the last time I listened to it, he was nearing that age, and it really shows. It's just such a terrible concept. I don't know why people continue to get hyped. Well, for Weezer. It came up out after like the popularity of their Africa cover, which yeah, kind of Which I don't get either. That Africa It sounds pretty much like the original song I, in my opinion. I really don't get the hype behind Africa in general. It's a good song. I sang it in middle school choir once, but you have everybody and their mother trying to cover it now. Even Pitbull tried to cover Africa or at least use the beat and whatnot for the song and the Aquaman soundtrack and that was an, that was more abhorrent than anything Weezer has ever done including Ratitude. But why are people continuing to be hyped for Weezer? I don't know. Moving on. Fiddler released their new album, Almost Free. Speaking of bands that need to break up, uh, not a good album. Fiddler's never been good. Cheap Beer is a mood song, I guess. But, you know, I don't get why Fiddler's still a thing. 
Swerve Driver released their new album, Future Ruins, today. Uh, Swerve Driver is, again, a 90s shoegaze band that, like Slow Dive, came back in a revival of shoegaze music at the end of this decade. And people are saying it's decent to not very good. I'm going to listen to that again tonight. More importantly, more interestingly, Vampire Weekend announced Father of the Bride with an unannounced release date. Harmony and Ho- Harmony Hall in 2021 was released as a single beforehand, and it's actually quite a fantastic single. I'm excited for Vampire Weekend's new album, Modern Vampires of the City, was a pretty great album. And I mean, you said you're not even the biggest fan, right? No, Modern Vampires of the City is a good album, but I'm not the biggest fan of Vampire Weekend's output. I think it's a bit too preppy for my taste, but, you know... This song is decent. I'm excited to see what they have going forward. I hope, for the love of God, they do not release a double album because I'm tired of artists releasing long albums when the general consensus now is that albums should be shorter and should be more consistent. But what are you going to do? It's been a while since we've released, or we've had material from Vampire Weekend. Anything on your deck that you're excited for coming up soon? Um, I don't know. Nothing album-wise, really. But sure, there's bound to be some stuff yeah 2019 is shaping up to be an interesting year for music i'm excited to see what we have to offer and one thing that's been offered now and you can stream now and listen to now that we mentioned on last episode is the new deer hunter album why hasn't everything already disappeared and we're going to play a song from that album right now here's the first song off the album death in midsummer Come on down from that cloud And cast your fears aside You're all here and there And there's nothing inside May God's will be done in these poisoned hills And let the devil be cast out on his tail There was a voice that called Yes, this is indeed the best song on the record, in my personal opinion. a really good start. Yeah, but let's talk about Deer Hunter's History as a band that I really and truly enjoy and think are one of the most important indie rock bands of this decade and last decade because they really defined the era when, you know, Grizzly Bear was popular and other bands like that were at their peak. So Deer Hunter is, of course, a neo-psychedelia indie rock band that is led by Bradford Cox, who has his own acts as well, Atlas Sound, for example. I mean, this was probably their most indie rock sounding album. Yeah, for sure. But um, Deer Hunter is in general a band that has really gotten me into indie rock, or really did get me into indie rock with Haiklon Digest, and that was released back in 2010. And it's hard to believe that it's almost been a decade since that record was released. I mean, it's uh, been four years since their last record. Yeah, Fading Frontier was their last record in 2015, Monomania 2013. Their Dabble in the Shoegaze, Microcastle, and Weird Era continued, which was a double album. 
which was also pretty good in 2008. And Cryptograms, my personal favorite album by them in 2007. And then they have an album in 2005. I can't say the title of it on air because it's pretty edgy and they made it when they didn't think they were going to get popular in 2005. But they've been around since 2001. They're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And again, Bradford Cox, for example, really led the sound of, I guess, more interesting uh, neo-psychedelia and indie pop and indie rock in the early 2000s. He got hit by a car um, earlier in this decade. He, the output stopped being so consistent. But That'll the, do it. Yeah, I guess it will. But this new album, Why Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared, is quite interesting. There's a lot to unravel with it, and it is an album that is definitely worth your, worth your time. And I will say that explicitly off the bat. However, it is an album that is deeply flawed. Uh... The first thing you notice on this album is how Bowie-esque it sounds, and I mentioned this on the last show. I said how uh, people are saying this new Deer Hunter album sounds like David Bowie to an extent, and it's not like it's a carbon copy in any sense of the word. That's a really hard thing to do. Especially with Bowie. It's hard to pin him down because yeah, he went he, through so many changes he had, he was in a, his musical career. He jumped through genres constantly. But, you know, there's that aspect of progressivism with this new Deer Hunter album that's there. And also Bradford Cox style of singing is very Bowie-esque. It brings up, it, it reminds you of it. It's not on the top, but, you know, when you dig deep and down into it and you realize, oh, I've heard this somewhere before, you might pull up David Bowie as a reference point. Um, and it also is their most, I believe, poppy record. It's most the most palatable. It's, I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's the most palatable because there are more experimental songs on here, and I wouldn't say those songs are truly experimental by any stretch of the imagination. They're more experimental for Deer Hunter themselves. But this feels like something you would hear on like a Sirius XM well, yeah, um, alternative channel. It's definitely a more radio-friendly record, it, whereas something like um, Cryptograms is more conceptual the songs are drawn out for longer periods of time it's an album that you sort of have to listen to in full like you might introduce a friend to deer hunter through this album this really or haiklon digest for that matter but this record really isn't going to be one that's hard to get into it's a really nice listen but it's not something where you're going to be constantly scratching your head and being like huh that was weird or huh that was interesting um but here's another song off the record that's sort of prove this point here's what happens to people another melodic song by deer hunter off this album and again you're listening to radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm and this is the spin room with monty montgomery and jane o'connor here's what happens to people by deer hunter off their latest album
You know what that tempo change really reminds me of, and I don't get why? What? Arctic Monkeys' last album, Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. <laughs> I can I can see it a little bit. And it really shouldn't. Um, but again, you get the David Bowie-esque singing style of Bradford Cox there. I will say this is the one song off the album I did add to my own music. Yeah, so. I really enjoyed this song. I love that piano that they have there. I like the production on it. When you listen to it, it's clear, but it's not like overly poppy, I guess. It's not overproduced. It, it's clearer than anything Deer Hunter has ever released before. As I said before, it's a more poppy record. And but, I enjoyed that transition into yeah, more melodic. Yeah, part. I like the transition too. The transition was very well executed. It was very pretty. And this is just a great song. Now, the next song in the record is what I'm talking about. Deer Hunter still has an experimental bent to them, but I don't think they really have honed in that skill um, as compared to Hakon Digest. In fact, they've probably gotten worse at being more experimental, and this song just comes across as... I, it's hard to listen to, in my personal opinion. However, I will give this song this. It has good instrumental, and I'll talk about that after we listen to it. Here's the Torment by Deer Hunter. Good morning to Japan and the eastern sunrise over these majestic cliffs and the vultures circling. Hello to salt water and good times. And there is not much left to go. Your struggles won't be long. And there will be no sorrow on the other side. Only three freedoms. And a range of texts. Like us. That's enough of that. This was definitely the most disappointing song on the album for me. Because when it first starts, I was really anticipating. I thought it was going to be really fun with the instrumental opening. Yeah. I I can't figure out why anybody would figure this is a good thing to put on your album. Especially smack dab in the middle of it. Because everything up to this point on the record is perfectly fine. Yeah. And, I mean, even the ending, like the last two songs, are, mm -hmm. it's a pretty solid ending. It's just this weird middle part where... It, takes a detour Not yeah like i just play on that i don't get why anybody in their right mind would decide hey this is a great song to put as sort of our centerpiece because it's not it's that whole vocal effect thing that bradford cox has going on there is just so cheesy and it's so dumb maybe it was on purpose because doesn't detourment mean like hijack in yeah French? I, I'm not sure, but it does hijack the album, and the sound after this moment on this record just doesn't get back to where it was before. You know, before it was a more passable Deer Hunter album, it wasn't like they were pulling out any crazy stunts or whatnot like they did on Hakelon Digest, where you have memorable song after memorable song. But once it gets to this point with the tournament, it's just, it feels like a joke. Almost. Yeah. That I mean, song feels like a joke. I enjoyed, like, Futurism and others after it, but I get what you mean. Yeah, and we have Futurism It really here. disrupts it. It disrupts it, disrupts the flow. It's three minutes and 26 seconds long, which, I mean, is too long for a quirky song like that, for starters. And 
flow is a very important thing for me when it comes to listening to albums. Albums have to have a general concept that can structurally hold up. And songs have to hold up on their own, obviously, but you know, the art of an album is important. And when you have songs like this to just feel like cuts from, you know, Mr. Bungle joke albums or uh, more probably able to draw influence, Ween, which is a great band because they Ween master. Ween is a fantastic band. They master doing that quirky and, you know, silly stuff. And I mean, they can, you know, easily change genres. Yeah, and Ween genre hops. But Deer Hunter isn't Ween at all. And it just feels like a vague attempt at trying to do like a song that Dean Ween would write or Gene Ween would write. Um, so I'm just not a fan of that. But as Jane mentioned, Futurism sort of gets the album back on track and Futurism is a better song. So we're going to play that for you right now. So this song reminds me, honestly, of Caro Bonito's last album, and I know that's a weird comparison to make, but it's a really sunny song. I like it. It does kind of have that feeling, you know, speaking of <laughs> detourment of back to your regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. No, this is Deer Hunter on autopilot, but it's on, you know, reputable autopilot. It's not something that I wouldn't want to be flying in the plane where it's just crashing to the sea at a controlled descent. No, but it's fun. And it stands a, on its own. Yeah, it stands on its own. It's a good song. I like this. Again, the sunny atmosphere of the song is really nice. That sunny atmosphere carries on throughout the record. It's not like a thing that's on the surface, but it's definitely there. This is a more happy album. It's not a wintry album by any standard, so, you know, we take really that as fine. you will. Plains is also a good song. It's on this record, obviously, and you are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale, 11.7 FM. Here is Plains by Deer Hunter. I was listening to the trains. I was up. Now, the reason I wanted to play a little bit of that song for you all is because they really bring in a more instrumental aspect on here. And wrapping this review up, I want to say the highlight of this album for me is definitely the instrumental passages that are found throughout the tracks. Because Deer Hunter are very reputable musicians. They know how to play their instruments. They know the craft. They know what they're doing. And song after song in this record, I'm unimpressed by the main parts, but I am deeply impressed by the fact that Deer Hunter managed to really bring together sort of varied sound on these passages, these instrumental passages, and it's worth listening to for that matter. Um, The instrumental part's really fun. I mean, every intro to every song. Yeah, it's just nice. You anticipate a lot. Yeah, but a lot of times it doesn't bring it. Yeah. Uh, So, Jane, what's your rating of this record? I actually really enjoyed this one. I mean, except for that Day Torment, I'd probably give it like a solid seven. I'm going to be a bit more critical. Um, This doesn't hold up in Deer Hunter's discography at all. 
However, it's not as bad as people are making out to be. A lot of people are saying this is just another boring album in Dear Hunter's discography. And while I agree this is a more boring album compared to Cryptograms, quite obviously, which is one of the best indie rock records I've ever listened to, this album is definitely worth checking out at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it there's was pretty listenable. Yeah, there are songs in here which are deeply listenable. There are songs in here which are deeply interesting. Again, instrumental passages are wonderful. Um, it's Bowie-esque, um, but obviously some songs just aren't up to the snuff, and oftentimes it's a lot of the songs in the record, even the good ones. Um, but I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10 to a high 5. It's, right. a, it's a decent record. It's not going to be I'll on my year in list by any standard, but... It's worth checking out. Anyways, you've been listening to The Spin Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM with me, Monty Montgomery. And me, Jane O'Connor. And we'll be back next week with a review of a new album. And we're going to leave you with Only Shallow by My Bloody Valentine off their album Loveless. Check this record out. It's fantastic.